All right, here we go. Um, we are on time. We are on time with this new time. Um, my name, if you've not been here before, is CJ Reynolds, and I run this YouTube channel here called Real Rap with Reynolds. And the whole idea of this is Real Rap is what my students refer to as real talk about any given number of, uh, it could be real, real rap about football, real rap about Minecraft, real rap about anything. But when we started this channel, um, I took that term from something that my students would say all the time to me that they have to have real rap with Reynolds. And then we made this and everyone thinks I'm a rapper, but I, that is a skill set that I don't possess, uh, as I say very, very often. So what we're doing here today is trying to help you, especially this time of the year when you are so close, you're so close to winter break. You could taste it. Um, but, you know, maybe that's something we could talk about. Something I definitely am thinking about a lot lately is how, like, you don't want to go into winter break, um, like, dead on your feet and then feel like that's going to be, like, your rescue. Because it's often not. Because, remember, you got holidays in there. Two big ones. And uh, even if you, that's not something you celebrate, <laughs> it is something that, like, takes up time in the world. Um and so there's just there's I think there's ways to get around that. Uh, and so we can maybe talk about that today. Anyway, what we're going to do is answer questions that are in the chat. So if you have a question, you can go ahead and put it in the chat. If you put the uh, letter Q or the word question next to it, it just helps us because, look, this isn't just me. If you, this is the first time you're here, what you're going to see is tons and tons and tons and tons of people talking in the chat. And that is to, to the to the level that I don't even ask question so like a lot of times when people do like i was just thinking about this people do live feeds and i always want i'm curious like where is everyone from i don't want to ask that question because i don't want to put a hundred and you know 30 answers in the chat of of people saying that because then it's going to make people's questions disappear and i don't want i want to be able to answer people's questions and for people to be able to have conversations and not for chris carson to go Hey, Tracy Pinter, how was your week and then tracy Pinter is like 35 comments down i just i'm trying to trying to help out. Um, so with that, we're going to start answering some questions. Wait, are you ready or do you need a minute? Uh, Is I the coffee ready? Coffee's ready oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. All right. Uh, well, I know I know which one you're looking at. Okay. So you go ahead and handle that. I don't, I don't see. I don't see it either. I think the part one, I think maybe it didn't. You start with part two. I'll start with part two. So uh, first question is from Sharon Murphy. Sharon Murphy, you... I see it says part two and part three. I don't see part one on here. I'm not sure what happened with that. So I'll, I'll see if I can make it from here. Um, some teachers are like, we have to just adjust to this and those. Oh, man. No, keep Look. going because I have further. I write down the comments. Okay, cool. Uh, we have to just adjust to this. And those like me and those like me. Weak who are like nope. Um, I realize that like we're trying to type fast. I'm not trying to, I'm just reading the words here. Um, because I'm not I don't know. Let me let me reset oh, for a second. Writing right? goes back to pen and paper. How do we as teachers adapt to technology changes? Um how do we can we back off of the tech that we've become used to and go back to old school? So it's regarding um, pen and paper and writing, like typing, um, like writing versus pen and paper versus like typing. Yes. I think that typing skills are poor for kids, which I'll say, Sharon, I've noticed that for mine as well. I just said to my son, I go, hmm, I go, I think we're going to get a typing program and like 
you know. Do they teach kids to type anymore? I don't think they do. I, I They did it like in third grade. I don't, I think it fell off somewhere in fourth and fifth for yeah. Brody. I don't recall. Feels like Marley a really important skill. Years. I did. Yeah. I had to invent. I wrote a whole book inventing my way that I type. No, I did it myself at home. I remember I had this like typing tutor program. There was only one. I think it was called typing tutor or something like that. And I played this like, basic game. Yeah. But I that skill helped me to this day. And so I actually, man, I don't know how you're expected to use a computer without knowing how to type and being taught to type. It shouldn't just be expected. I, you know, there's value, though, also to, to writing. I, well, like, I was just going to say that I didn't that finish. I'm very pro writing. It yeah. doesn't connect in my brain unless I write. Pen and paper is much better um, for me from memory. Yeah, there are definitely studies that have been done that show that like writing something down um, helps you to remember it significantly more than than typing. And I'm not sure why that is, but I know that that's what scientists say. And so it's true. Um that being said, uh, I, you know, one of the things that we we were doing was we start moved to journaling online. Right? It has like better impact on the environment because they're not using notebooks and paper and all the pens and pens and pens and pencils that were getting like lost and thrown out and like notebooks that were getting trashed and stuff like that. So I we were doing that. But then it was. It, there was value in it because kids can see like the underlined squiggly line that shows you that you used the wrong tense or maybe you used the wrong word or you spelled something incorrectly. I think there's value to that. It also puts everything in one spot. Um, but I I wanted to move back to for a number of reasons back to writing on on paper. And so instead of notebooks, um, I went the way opposite way of like uh, like folks are like paper free and it was a journal entry, like on a regular sheet of paper once a week. And, um, it was, you know, Monday through Thursday, I think we did. And we didn't do one on Friday cause that was an assessment day. But so like Monday through Thursday, it was like, here's already the question, here's the lines. And then we're going to write it out. And then that allowed me to grade those a whole lot faster. So I would grade them in real time. I didn't have to have Wi-Fi to grade them. I wasn't looking at a computer any more than I needed to because that gets really draining, especially when we were teaching virtually. So that was something that I enjoyed doing. And kids complained about it, but I didn't care. And because I, I needed you to, to, to grasp this skill of being able to write something down with a pen and paper, even though we are moving into like a more and more digital world every day, this thing that there's something to that. And because like I said, studies have shown that this is something that like helps you commit things to memory. It helps things. Um, there's, there's a number of like cognitive uh, pieces that are, that are interconnected there. So, um, so that, and I, which I have written down somewhere. I wish I could just like spout it off. I know I wrote it down and it's on like a, one of my 90,000, Posted notes. Here. I'll say in the comments, she said in a comment that students have lost their physical writing skills due to so much tech use, like yeah. heavy tech use. So it's like she's trying to, I you know, I'd love to, to talk to that. someone that would break that down, though. Like it like is that all, like does it matter? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, like we like to think yeah, that but it we does. We talked but. about like even being able. She uh, someone said, I don't know if it was uh, Sharon or not in the comments about um, at kids asking students asking like, well, what does it mean to sign my name? Right. You have yeah, but your to name, it just now that was the guy that was working. No, on the house. but someone in the comments in oh. here, like students are asking. But when you sign your name, you, you just have to your signature is your mark. 
Sure, but it can't right. be an X. And if people can't write, yeah. like, and they don't, you need some level of writing. I, I just, you don't want that to die. Why would you? Like, is that what we want? We want just computers to be everything? That just seems I, I, crazy. Well, I think it's worth a conversation, right? Like, I'm sure that, like, horse owners were real, real, real upset when cars became more popular. <laughs> Yeah. But damn it, I just opened my cart business. <laughs> what about my carts? Yeah. So I just started sorry, repairing I have cart finger. carriage wheels, right? Like something of that nature. I, yeah. I just think that that's if uh. it's I'll say this, Sharon, this is what this kind of brings up for me is that this idea of and I'm not saying this about this specific subject. But there are things that we hold on to in education that we think are really, really, really important because we did it. And then we find out that they weren't so important. Um, and then sometimes we move away from things I think are important. Like, I'll be honest with you. I think diagramming sentences, the art of diagramming a sentence. I know there's there's a lot of moans that just happened out there. Someone sitting at home just went, oh. oh, oh. <laughs> I no. would never, ever think when you were in college learning how to diagram sentences when you were cursing it. I remember it so clearly that you are losing your crazy. mind. I know. You were, we you were diagram so sentences that were so long we would tape pieces of I know. I remember you would not say that no. this was an important skill. It you was. Like, I remember you saying, I'm never going to use this. But it's like every time I go to the gym or go for a run, you're like, how's your run? It sucked. It sucks every day. I hate yeah. it every day. Nothing has had a more positive effect on my writing skills than learning how to diagram sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's value to certain things. I think there's value as much as we try and like get away from memorization and rote memorization, there is value to knowing your multiplication yes. tables, right? To just be able to have that recall when you're out somewhere, you're figuring out a tip or whatever. There's real world implications to that. I do think though, that there are certain things that we have gotten that are still sitting here like certain remembering like remembrance of facts and things of that nature that like are not important Hmm. all i'm saying is this is a good moment to kind of pause and to think do we need to learn this and there it will very well may be yes the answer but i think that it's a good time to kind of reassess some of those that i mean talking about reassessment i mean it's the new year coming up uh, and I, you know, I love reassessing at the new year. Oh so, Miss uh, Gonzalez even says she said uh, she loves diagramming sentences. And um, she said it teaches you how to speak correctly. And I will say that that is very true. And diagramming sentences is not something that I am aware of. But when I started to understand the implications of it yeah. and the connections, I, it was really interesting to me as an adult. Hard to get kids in, <laughs> in no, that level. I did in sixth grade. Miss McGovern. Seventh Seventh Avenue School in uh, Haddon Heights, New Jersey. Oh, you did it in that. I just remember you doing it in college. I did it in sixth grade too. That's why I already had an inkling of how much I hated it. (laughs) Miss McGovern made us do it every day. Um, But God bless her because it really had value to it. Oh my gosh! All that talking and I did not go find a question. But I'll just say that Maisha is here in the comments and she hasn't been in a while because she's always over at a. Where's her? Oh, Office Depot. Depot. I know. I always want to say Staples, but then that makes her go crazy. No, no, don't say that to her. That's horrible. <laughs> um, we, uh, t- Maisha, we were, I told Maisha to do this all the time. We were in Target last night. Me and Brody were waiting for Marley and my wife were looking for clothes. So we went to the tech area and bro knows I do this every single place that we go. I used to give my kids, I give my kids extra credit for stuff and I'm not really sure what that means yet, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, they have to put us 
on every tablet, every computer, every laptop that they can get us on in the store. And so that's what Brody and I were spending our time doing. I just thought of that because I'm always telling Maisha to do that. Um, All right. I got a question. Ready? Hit it. I don't know if it's to the group or to the comments or to you, but yeah. we'll go with it. And uh, White Cup is asking, if school districts are so desperate for teachers, why do they make these difficult state exams and programs? You know, I, I think sometimes I think they should make it harder to become a teacher, to be honest with you. Not just like the rigmarole and the jump through the hoops and all that nonsense, but it's like, don't we want highly qualified? Like we always say there's highly, highly qualified teachers. Our school we let me say this. Yeah, go for it. My children have been taught by people before where they this will be in like an IEP meeting or something. And they're like, I want to assure you, Miss Rhodes. This is what everyone sounds like in my head when I don't really want to listen to them. We assure you, Miss Rhodes, that uh, the the we, your your children being taken of by highly qualified teachers. And I'm like, I've seen the work that they do. And that was like, if a hospital told me that that person was highly qualified at surgery, I'm not sure that I want them opening up my body because I, you know, I, it's like, what are we, what's a highly qualified teacher? Someone that could pass the praxis. And this is coming from a guy that failed the praxis the first time, right? I was going to Puerto Rico that day. I was a little overexcited and I, and I failed it. Um, not saying that Puerto Rico was the reason I may have failed it anyway, but um, I don't know that that, and then, and then these like, nonsensical PDs that we put teachers through like there is um, which cool story to tell you in a moment, but um, th there is, thank you, love. You're welcome. I just think that like we, we should raise the bar, but I think if you want more teachers, it's getting rid of other stuff. It's letting teachers do this. Ready? Ready for this word? Teach. If we can let teachers just teach and not do 97 other things, then I think we attract more teachers. I think if we pay teachers an actual livable wage, when you think about this, in the last handful of years, working at McDonald's has gone up in New Jersey from like five or six or seven dollars an hour or eight or even if it was nine dollars an hour, to like fifteen dollars an hour to start at, at McDonald's. But teacher rates have not gone up. Like, like I haven't, there have been many, many years as when I was a teacher that we just couldn't afford raises. No one got a raise. And so I think that that is, is a curious thought um, when we're trying to think about teacher shortages of like, well, what are we asking teachers to do? How are we ready for this word supporting them? And that means, are we making sure that they have the supplies that they need, that they have the space that they need, that they have the time that they need, that they have the help when there's a student that is over and beyond what a teacher is capable of giving in any particular class. Um, Cause you can't stop. You can't like, this is like, there used to be the show uh, on, I don't know. It was like Saturday nights. And this girl used to like touch her fingers. Boom. Tracy Pins is going to remember this and time would stop. Can't do that in the classroom. I tried it a couple times and I was <laughs> like, this must be broken. Um, the, you have to create you know, supports for teachers so that they can do the thing that they are there to do, which is teach and care for children. Yes. Um, but it can't come. It, it can't be like a, a like you can stop class and just do that. So I think there are a number of these things in place that like if if teachers were treated in such esteem that they were cared for, that they were honored, that they were looked at. And then we could really, really ask so much of teachers to be the best at what they do.
but we don't do that. And then everyone, and, you know, folks become apathetic and then they don't want to do it or they get in. I got multiple, multiple emails this week that from folks that were like, I just got hired as a teacher and I don't think I'm going to last the week. Like, because that's not because you're not good enough. That's part of it, right? You need to get better. But part of it is you need to have the support that is necessary to do the work that you've been given to do. Um, so, yeah, that's my answer. Non-answer to that. Oh, all right. What you got, buddy? All right. Oh, you put a lot of cream in this here oh, coffee. Sorry, because that's how cream. I drink. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I forgot I wasn't making it for me. Um all right. Hey, CJ, you rock. I'm going to college to study English, but is there a way to still teach without taking a teaching program? And why did you stop making video calls during your Sunday night teacher talk? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, all right. So one, um, yeah, I went to school for English also. And then for me, I'm not saying for anyone, I realized that that was a degree that I wasn't going to do anything with. Right. It sounded really cool. I had tons of cool books on my shelf and I felt smart. Um, but I didn't know what to do with that. I wasn't going to be an editor or something of that nature. So, uh, or a copywriter or anything. So I went back and got a post-baccalaureate degree, which meant that I went to school for one year, uh, cause I already had a bunch of credits. So I went back to first school for one year. I did two practices or practices, uh, practicums, they call them here in Jersey, where like you go and observe a class for a semester, you go observe a class for or two classes in one semester, I think it was. And then I did student teaching. And so I think that was it. I think it was one year. Um, might have been three semesters. Anyway, um, but you can do something called alternate route or alternate route, depending on where you live. And that is a way for you to start teaching more immediately. So there's like a short training program. I think it's like a few weeks long tops. And then you can go into the classroom and they're going to give you like nights and weekends, you'll receive some other training and, and things like that. And then um, uh, TFA, Teach for America, I know, is another one that allows you to you apply and then you go and you have to teach. I think it's only uh, Title One schools. You go teach at a Title One school for the year and then you um, you do like they, they do trainings as well, uh, usually. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, why do we stop doing videos during the Sunday night teacher talk? Because um, not as many people were signing up to do it. So we just thought like it was like a. And it required a lot of like. You had to have a third parts. person. Yeah, we required another uh, person. And I think one week that they weren't available to do it. When and my then system just... couldn't do it one week and it was just fell on my wife, it became impossible because it, it was like. The, so there's multiple people helping with this feed right now. Right? It doesn't look looks like just me, but. I'm talking, my wife's on here, and then there are several moderators on every platform that we that we stream on, which at this point is Facebook on two different platforms, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitch, because my son told me I need to have Twitch. And uh, we actually don't have Twitter. moderators on all those. It's really, we don't have them on Twitter. It's really just YouTube. There's Twitch. nobody out there anywhere. <laughs> I'm on Facebook? It's me. No, it's me. I mean, it was Laura Green, but she can't be there every week, and that's okay. Well, if you want to moderate, you yeah. know. Hit us up. Let me know. Yeah, hit us up. <laughs> um, hit, it. hit it, wife. Yeah, and let us know if you want us to bring back the video thing. We always do whatever anybody wants us to yeah. do. Like, yeah, that that's idea, a good point. got a thing. Like, I don't know. That's a really good us. point. You want us I mean, to do something? Uh, want us to talk about something? Like, we, we, everything we've done has been because we've been yeah. asked. Yeah. Trying to be so, of service as much as possible. All right. Next question is from Shana. Hit She's it. asking, uh, what is the best way to prepare the students for break who don't look forward to being around their family? 
Um, I think it's just I don't know that we how much we can prepare kids for that. Um, I think it's just loving kids going into break and loving them coming out of break. Mm -hmm. And so it's showing up and asking questions and listening and um, especially looking for the kids that aren't just talking about all the things they want for Christmas or for Hanukkah or for, you know, whatever their family is going to celebrate. Those kids are excited. They're talking, they're sharing. It's looking sort of like behind those kids sometimes and seeing who shuts down a little bit who has body language that shows you something else when all this excitement and joy is being talked about with some students and um maybe sharing some of your story i mean i i grew up in a house where we my mom invited everyone over our house like christmas was always an incredible time and so i don't it, it's something and the reason i bring that up is like i mean like we used to have like my best friend in high school was his family is Jewish and they all used to come over his whole family. Uh, Cause they used to ask like, what do you do on Christmas? And he's like, we just go to the movies. I'm like, Oh man, that's why movies come out on Christmas. I always wonder like what stupid day of the year. Right. Cause I had my own yeah. limited mindset of yeah. like, this is what happens yeah. on Christmas. And he's like, yeah, dude, I'm, we don't do anything. Like we already did Hanukkah, like before yeah. Christmas. I was like, Oh man, that's why stuff comes out on Christmas. But his whole family used to come over on Christmas Eve and celebrate with us. And it was really super fun. So I've never had a Christmas that lacked um, or didn't meet my expectation or was not filled with love and joy and awesomeness. So sometimes when we come from different places that, than our students may be coming from, it takes us a, a moment to pause and to look out there and to remember that not everyone is going to have the same expectation response. Even things like it's a good good lesson in remembering like not all your students grew up with internet like even though they're all internet babies like not everyone had wi-fi in the house not everyone had good wi-fi not everyone had cable not everyone had certain toys remember the first time we built with legos in my class um all these these kids a bunch of dudes like didn't know what to do and i was like dude they're legos and they're like you didn't grow up with legos and i was like what What are you talking about like i just saw everybody had legos and which right which shows a level of my privilege but it, it is it is acknowledging that and kids were like, yeah, Legos are always, they're too expensive. And I'm like, yo. And then we started noting really like, are. Legos are almost never on sale. Very and if rarely. they are, it's like, you know, 20% off. No, and I'm like, it's like 10% off. And You're I'm being like, even really nice. 20 is a big deal. If you get a, hit a yeah. 20 Lego sale. So Forget it's, it. it's, it's really acknowledging um, maybe where you came from. And if you didn't come from that, if you came from, difficult holiday seasons, difficult holiday breaks, then looking out for those kids and just caring. You're just showing up, just your, we say this all the time, your attention's more important than your advice. Sitting with someone through that, I think that that's a big acknowledgement piece. And I will say this is, this is, a, this is next level. Um, doesn't mean that you have to do it. I remember one year, um, and we've done this for multiple students, but like one year there was a young woman who was homeless and stopped coming to school because she couldn't wash her clothes. And uh, so we we figured we found out about this. I, one of her students or her friends came to us. We uh, found a way to do her laundry. And then we all the teachers chipped in and we all bought her something. So we all bought her something small and then we chipped in for like a bigger gift uh, and we, before Christmas break, we just called her into the office. We didn't make her, um, like we weren't all there. Like we didn't want to embarrass her, but it was like, 
the our assistant principal or dean at the time gave her the gifts and said, like, you don't even have to open these now. Like, you can wait till, you know, you go home or whatever or something like that. Um, and then I think some people chipped in to even get her, like her brother some stuff as well. So that wasn't just one sided, but it was really beautiful. And that was, you know, for 50 bucks, like everyone chipped in and we were able to to help out or something like that. It was really great. Um, all right. Our next question is coming from Jacob asking any fun last days till Christmas break ideas. After my high school students take their exam, we're done. Every other teacher will just be playing a movie. Um, you know, Sometimes a movie's all right, uh, or a TV show. I find that it's how do we do it though. So I've one of the things we never got to that I always wanted to do was um, I always wanted to watch like a movie or TV show like Charlie Brown Christmas or something like that, and then make. Um, oh, I think I tried to do waffles one year. I did. Oh, we did. Somebody yeah. gave me a waffle maker, and it, it was, was one of the little ones that we it was had the here. Cheap, like little ones. I From think like I got Target, it on like a Secret like, Santa video or something. Like a dash. Yeah, you get them at Target. They're like five dollars, ten dollars. They're the worst. No, Never buy them. No, that's not true. I mean, some of them. I we bought Marley a couple of dash things for Christmas, oh, and yeah, they've been not successful. dash things. Though, you're right. I should make that 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 distinction. No, I think that one that you got was also a dash one. Anyway, it was, but the waffle all... maker one was horrible. Yeah, there was it one that like was like 12 years to make a waffle. It didn't work very well. It was Maybe like it was... making a baked potato. It was like, <laughs> it like... was. And that's the one I think that you took to school. Yeah. And we tried to make like waffles for kids and it didn't really work. But um, I've always wanted to bring in like a waffle maker and make waffles for kids or pancakes for kids on just like, um, what are those black top things? A griddle. A griddle. Yeah. Mm, you like know, an electric griddle. So, so much I cook. Uh, so, so can like, you imagine CJ making pancakes yeah. in a class? So we we've just I had this I've, this vision this year of like I was going to do like how to decorate your classroom for the holidays on the cheap. Um, and but I just didn't have the chance because we've been working on this house that we're working on, which hopefully is done soon. So I can even finish this wall back here. But uh, the the the. Like to do something cheap like that, like my co-teacher always did it where she wore like ugly sweaters for like a week and then she would decorate parts of the room and then we'd listen to Christmas music when I have a timer up on the board all the backgrounds were always like some kind of cool Christmas cafe or like it was like you know somewhere that looked like uh I don't know winterish and not like Philly in the winter which just looks like a dirty barren version of the version it looks like in the summer and spring um so it was it's not just what you do it's how you're doing it it's the spirit that you're evoking in those moments we used to go to princeton to macarthur theater every year and go see a christmas story um there were and then i think i like doing um i'm not a big icebreaker person but i am a big game person i do like doing like minute to win it games or something like that where we're doing something having kids write like thank you cards at the end of the year i just want to send like christmas wish cards to to teachers you can make them very short you can even put like sentence starters in there or something like my favorite teacher is a memory that i have from this year something like that that kids are then being able to bless others they're being able to thank others to give something to others that's not a, a tangible necessarily like a gift but a but a something a word a thank you uh because look we all know that i'm, I'm gonna keep it real right now all the elementary teachers on here y'all get gifts every year for christmas <laughs> And uh, Don't be so bitter. <laughs> you know, I'm not bitter. Just, just yes, noting, you are. Just noting the facts that uh, uh, we high school teachers do not, secondary teachers don't receive gifts, and it's few and far between. You when you do get one, you're like, oh, did you mean to give this to your 
Other child to give to the teacher? Is that accident? <laughs> You've got a few ties. <laughs> I have. I have. <laughs> Alrighty, you ready for the next one? Mm-hmm. All right, it's coming from Miss Gonzalez, and it's a three-parter. Let's She's do it. saying, hello, CJ, not-so-secret wife. I love the new background rhino. I have We're been, getting there. Yeah, a little slowly, by, slowly but surely. Um, it'll get there. She's saying, I've, I've been making a concentrated effort this year, especially to be present and happy for my kids, regardless of how my last period class went or whatever is going on in my personal life. But the other day, my dog was missing and I was really worried about her. I was trying to be happy and present. Oh, sorry, I didn't put all this up there. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying to be happy and present, but I just felt like I couldn't concentrate. How do you handle feeling like you need to have multiple personalities so you are the best in the classroom? So this this is a very timely question for me. Uh, I was saying to my wife the other day, our dog has, and I won't go all the way into this, he has extreme allergies to the point where the conversation started coming up of whether or not we needed to put the dog down. He's just suffering all the time. He's allergic to everything, including dust mites, which anywhere there's dust, there's dust mites, and storage mites, which are in every single dried food imaginable. And so like cereal, rice, like anything that's dried. But even if we killed the storage mites, it's typically done by fr freezing your food. Uh, he was allergic to their dead little carcasses, which are then you can't separate <laughs> the little dead. So, so yeah, so for all of you that are out there, you know, someone's eating a bowl of cereal right now and going, uh. <laughs> um, that to me, it I have cried so much in the last two weeks because of my dog. My daughter has gone to school late because of my dog. Because it's just it's we've all had so many breakdowns it is because of the dog. Heartbreaking, man. And I was saying to my wife the other day that I I don't know if you said, like, aren't you glad you don't have to go to school or something like that? And I mm. said, no. School makes you snap out of it on some level. And I remember yeah. in the number of tragedies that we've had over the last few years, part of that, I didn't realize it at the time because I thought school was this other thing I had to do. School allows you to show up and, and, and you have to kind of like quiet those emotions a little bit. And so, but when you can't, I think it's about being honest with kids, like if if I was in school, I'd be like, yo, like everyone knows who my dog is. But I talk about my dog all the time and I refer to him as the beast. And I'd say, like, listen, like the beast is not well. He's really, really sick. It is upset me incredibly. So what I'm asking for in this season, in this week, in this day is I need I need some I need your help. Right. I need you guys to help me out. And I think. Look, there are kids that are just not going to want to help. There are kids that are still going to be like out of pocket. They're still not going to. And, and not everyone's emotionally available to be able to help you out either. Like not every kid is like they're, they got their own stuff going on. They're like, well, your dog, who cares? Or like they don't even like dogs or or they're self-absorbed because they're middle school or high school kids or whatever. Or they're um, or they have bigger problems or they just like. They're just not emotionally available. And I'm not trying to throw shade or blame on anyone, right? They are just not able to show up. And we all have people like that in our lives. But given the opportunity, I think you'd be incredibly surprised how many students do want to show up. And I think that the, the, the interesting or the important part for teachers to pay attention to is I think there's a tendency to focus on the kids that aren't going to show up. That like I said this and I did this and like, look, 
Tom is still, he's still being a turd every day. Like, I don't understand why he's acting like this. And, but you miss the people that are showing up, the people that are helping, the people that do want to care for you. Um, I think that that's, that's something. And so creating opportunities for our students to show empathy, to show sympathy, to be the ones that are giving, I think that that is a great, great lesson. So you're actually taking this really difficult time in your life and you're you're still turning it into a lesson because that's what we do as teachers. Um, and and I'd say the other thing, Kelly, is, you know, there is like your your importance, your self care is important. And so I was talking to someone last week that was going through a very traumatic moment and um, they're kind of like not sure what to do. My advice was take the day off. Take two days off if you need it. And so there is this tension always in the school that I worked in that both schools that like we didn't hire subs. We had um, we had a couple of subs in my last school and they were all mostly a nightmare um, that like you'd come back into school and your stuff was broken and things were all over the place. It was it was disastrous. But the the. But what you had to do instead was we had to cover one another's classes. And so there was this tension of like, man, I used to tell my wife, like, I hate taking off because then five of my friends have to cover five of my classes or six of my classes, depending on what I was teaching that year. And that's hard. I, I, I don't hold on to that. I stopped years ago holding on to that. It's like, nope, that's the school's model. That's not my fault. I think that's a way that schools try and get teachers to not take off because they know your friends are going to have to cover and they're going to complain and stuff. So I just took the days. Take the days if you need them to just be sad or to go do something loving for yourself. And, and so that would be my advice on that particular situation. All right. Our next question is asking, hey, Reynolds, I never assign homework to my students since they have chemistry class every day. I'm also thinking about replacing written tests by lab work. Do you think that this is a good practice? So for I noticed you didn't say his name. Yeah, because, I, you know, me with vowels. Yeah. Lots of there's lots of those. In a dyslexic family, the vowels really start throwing us sorry, off. Sorry, buddy. So, sorry. Apologize. Uh, so, Mr. Luna, what we're, what we're saying here is that I, one, I never give homework I, like there is. I do see the value in homework occasionally, but I think when we uh, when students go to school for so long. So my students went to school from um, at least eight to four every day, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Then there was uh, for about half the student body, there was mandatory uh, after school programs after school. So you had to stay till five when you're not. Then you have to take two buses and train to get home. You're not getting home till like six, six thirty. Then I'm not giving you homework. Your your time is yours. If students had an earlier day, I might entertain that idea. Um, but by and large, I don't give homework. Also, there are a number of studies that have been done that show that homework does not indeed um, help students learn more. So th those kids aren't getting they're not getting smarter or better because they're doing homework. I think that there's a value to taking written tests, um, if only because in college, you're going to have to be able to do that in other, you, you know, you don't want to even even if kids aren't planning to go to college, if you're teaching ninth or 10th grade and then next year in 11th grade, students have to like learn. They have to be able to take a test. Um, you want you don't want that to that test taking ability to go on because there is there's if you're making tests. If you're making tests well. There is a flow to them. There is a flow to like, um, 
ideas around like how many choices are there the the idea that like one choice is going to be completely ridiculous one choice is going to be um like wrong because of this common error that most students make and then there's going to be these other two choices that are very very similar one of them is right one of them is not so if there's like if kids are having to break down some of that logic in there there are there are skills that you're learning from actually taking a test but however i think that replacing tests with actual practice <laughs> is with actual doing is brilliant so for instance instead of having kids just like write an essay um it's let's do a project or let's have it the instead of a test here's a whole writing piece and i think that the testing like like when we're requiring students to like memorize something or learn a skill that can be done in an, in a sequential number of quizzes through a unit and then the last piece, that unit test, what would typically be a unit test is doing that. The other thing I would say about testing, too, is that um, when we are really making tests, it's about not just having multiple choice. And it's that it because that's that feels lazy to me because it's not all you don't want to just have kids be able to, like, call upon like their memory. But what are you doing with it? So for us, it was always like multiple choice. Um, never true and false because I think it's evil. It is essay for, but looking for certain specific things like that we've worked on in class. Like, can you, do you have evidence to use in what you're doing um, and things of that nature? It is a vocabulary piece that is not just like drawing a line from the word to the definition, although that is a part of it. And I use that for a very specific reason. That's probably too long to go into at this moment. Um, <laughs> and then something else, like a close reading passage or something like that, where I am requiring students to use certain skills or to annotate something or, or something like that, where we're not, it's not just, uh, Hey, did you remember all the crap that I try to download into your brain? It's, can you do something with it? So if you're using those, if you're using lab work to, sh to, to do that, I think that that's a really great thing, but I think that there is value in still having kids test take, and that can be, that doesn't have to be like, I know some people get super stoked. They're like, I gave a final and I had 900 questions on. I had friends like this and, and when I taught and it was like, dude, it's so lame. Like you're just flexing and trying to make it sound difficult. Um, and, and so it's, can we give small sizable chunks of assessment and that are building up to the lab work? That's what I would do. All right. Nick is up next. I, I talked about that that much. Oh. Yeah. Felt like I was exercising a muscle I haven't used. Right. Very excited to do that. That muscle's tired now. No. Okay. Next question. <laughs> oh. Hi, Reynolds. I'm in my second year teaching middle school uh, connections, a.k.a. electives, computer science this year, and struggle keeping the kids engaged in my lessons because it's not a core class. Yep. Uh, hold on. It's two-parter. Oh, we got an answer for this. What advice would you give for keeping kids engaged in material they have no interest in? Not engaged in lessons usually equals chaos in the class. Oh, it does, Nick. That's exactly what it equals. Um, got, all right. Can I get everyone's attention? Get, all right. Can Oh, all right. Oh, I know. Um, I taught poetry for many, many years. And know what that gets? Bro, this sucks. I hate poetry. Because you know what we do, Nick? We call things electives i don't i'm not an air quote dude but i'm breaking them out for right now electives and then no one elected it or they elected it because they were like oh i like mr grimes he's pretty cool so i'll take that because i because we're learning 
history of Latin over here or some crap like that. Or it's like band and like the kids that want to be in band get to be in band and, and the kids that are in chorus want to sing. And so I'm, I'm making a generalization here. I realize that not everyone picks that, but like, it just sucks for everybody else because then you get poetry and they're like, it's a catch all. Let's just dump them in there. And then you have a bunch of kids that don't care. So you're doing a lesson that no one gives a crap about. So I would say the only way I have found to log to lock kids into anything I'm doing is to go into their world, right? Kids, look, we could say that doesn't happen. We could say that we are in tune with what young people are doing. Or a lot of people pride themselves that they have no idea what the hell TikTok is. I've never been on TikTok in my life. Why? You're teaching young people that love TikTok. Go on TikTok. It's actually really funny. And side note, People that complain about folks that just use the internet for watching cat videos. I just wonder if you've ever watched a cat video. They're freaking great. They're like cat videos are magical and they make you feel better and take away your stress and they make you love the earth more. I'm just saying. So I'm not saying that's all you should be doing on the internet. Like look some important stuff up too. But every once in a while, like a cat TikTok, damn, man, these things are funny as hell, dude. So <laughs> they are. <laughs> I think it's what are you doing, right? This takes your work. What are you doing, Nick? that is close to what your kids would want to do. Do your students want to have a YouTube channel, a TikTok? Are we talking about algorithms? Are we talking about SEO? Are we talking about um, designing a website? Or even when you have a YouTube channel, there's all these pieces. You have to design your header banner and then you have to know how to do that and look for the dimensions and be able to format that and design something, breaking down design. Can you when you're writing your copy for your about, when you're creating all of the links and pieces and things like that, if you're going to, you know, you can't just have a YouTube channel. What are you going to sell? Like you have to have something that you, some other thing that you're doing. So can we design a website that's for your big word term right now, buzz term, personal brand, right? Which literally everybody on the face of the earth has on some way, shape or form, even if you don't think that you do, you have it. So it's like, Looking at some of those pieces of like, what do kids want to do? Are you, what are you into? Are you into sports? Do you have to have a highlight reel so that you can get into college? Do we want to be able to edit that stuff and upload it somewhere and then have it not look like a flaming piece of crap? So you want to make sure that your artwork is tight and that, you know, maybe we're working as a group on a project and like someone's in charge of the artwork, someone's in charge of the editing, someone's copywriting, someone's filming. And, and what are we doing? What are these different pieces so what we do is, and look, I've realized that there might be an overlord at your school that's telling you you're not allowed to do that stuff, but it is finding ways to take chances, finding ways in, in moments that, you know, uh, you're going to have to hold your breath a little bit and jump to see if this is going to work. And you can do that in incremental smaller spots too. But the only way to get kids to give a crap about anything is to connect it to something that they, A, know is critically important or B, that they actually give a crap about. And if the kids don't care, then they're never gonna buy in. So what is it that students are doing, that students are into? It could be gaming. It could be like, there's a million different things that students are fascinated by. And I'd say that the majority of students are fascinated by that even if they don't plan on having a gaming platform one day or being an online personality, there is still a sense of wonder around like, how'd you do that? I was watching the other day, I was playing, um, I was watching a video. My son is really into this YouTuber, Laserbeam. And uh, he's hilarious, by the way. So Laserbeam, he's from Australia and that's how people talk there. I know, 
I just upset everybody in Australia. Hannah hates every I time know. I do that. I think she emails you or every time you I, or something. I, every time I send her a message, I'm like, good day. And she's like, it sounds horrible. Like, you sound like an idiot. Um, but Laserbeam does this thing where after you watch his actual gameplay, you can see it from different angles. So you're like seeing his character move around. And I'm like, I was asking my son, I'm like, how the hell, where does he get this footage from? Like, what kind of like special magic is he using here? And he said, oh, it's just replay mode. And so my son had to like walk me through on Xbox, like how to do replay mode so I could see this stuff. And, I, and it was just fascinating to me how that worked. I just didn't understand. So sometimes it's doing those sorts of things um, that I think would be interesting. Uh, and, and I just, that's my short answer. I think that that could be something that you could maybe roll with there. What you got, buddy? All right. Next up is Steph Shook asking, what are some of your suggestions to restore yourself when you know you are overextending, but you have to? Life is hitting me hard right now, and I still feel like I'm not doing enough. Ooh, Steph. That's us, girl. Sometimes you're just in a busy season. Sometimes you're in a season where <clears throat> we are in a season where we are like pushing hard and sprinting hard. We have like other projects that we are trying to get off of our plate so we can focus on the big projects for like Real Rap with Reynolds that we want to do. We and actually hired just, people in Real Rap with Reynolds to help us get things off the ground. And then they're just had a step there, away like, from that. Yeah, because we have we, other things like our dog. Our dog has been like something that nobody knows. He takes up an enormous amount of time. Like after this, we have to go make a home cooked meal for our dog with like rabbit and carrots and cucumbers and like all kinds of supplements. And like it takes up and he needs to be bathed like two times a week. So we're just in this crazy season where we have and we have a house project we're working on like like an investment and flip. So like, we're just, we have all these kind of crazy things going on in our life and we have to do them, right? And we can't walk away from them, but we're in a season. I think some seasons you can like be gentle with yourself when you're, when you're dealing with high stress, I think that's different and you can love yourself and be intentional when you're in high stress. But when you're in just a busy season that you have to do a lot of these things, I think that you just have to, grind through it sometimes and love yourself the best that you can with like stripped down to really, really important things. Like for us, it's like, okay, time with my children, most important. We need that. And yeah. that's a non-negotiable must have, um, time with God, non-negotiable, negotiable must have in our lives. Like, I think we stripped it down to really bare necessities of stuff of like what we have to concentrate on real rap with Reynolds in this season or this moment while we're doing these other things. Like you just have to really, it's, it's a balance. Nothing is ever done perfect. And it's not going to just be one way. It's constantly moving. It's constantly like you're juggling and man, like even this weekend, CJ thought, no, we're going to go and do all this work. And I'm like, no, we're not. We like need to pivot and like do family and these sort of things. Still thought and, we were going to do that. Yeah. So I think it's, there's no real answer. You just have to keep you have to know that you're doing the best that you can and it will all get done. And then you just have to keep balancing to where you need to shift your energy for different things. I think added on to that, I would I would add that there is. When we are at our best, there are certain things we're doing daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly that add to that. Yeah. When we are not doing those things that that there is we are we are not as good of a version of ourselves, right? We're shorter with people. We're angrier. We're more depressed. We're more sad. We're more lethargic. 
Um, and so I think that there's there's like a systematic process to this sometimes too. And so I would say a couple of things. One, I heard it for like five minutes of an interview with David Goggins this morning where he was saying that he never takes vacations, but what he does, uh, the interviewer was saying like, um, what do you do when you like are feeling like overwhelmed? And he goes, well, I take breaks all day. He mm-hmm. goes, and I call them aid stations, right? So he's like, whenever I'm in a shower, he goes, I, I'm not thinking about other stuff. I'm not listening to anything. I am just enjoying and taking the moment and being in the shower. When I'm eating, I'm doing the same thing. When I'm going to the bathroom, I'm doing the same thing. And he was saying how like these intermittent breaks through the day help him deal with the enormous amount of stress that is on him in any given day. And so that really made me think um, because I have a number of things. I'm looking at this app that I have. Um, that's called Habit Track, or what the hell is it called? My Habits. Hold on, I, don't know. I want to tell you because Habit Share, right? Oh. So you can see on here, this is what the little icon looks like. I'm not affiliated with them at all. It's that one. Um, so Habit Share allows you to make like these little things on here, right? And they're really simple. Uh, this is a new week, so none of my stuff is filled in yet for the day. But it is for me. It's like. I know that I have identified a number of things in my life that when I do them, um, I don't always feel 100%, but I I never feel, let me say this, I never feel less than hopeful. And so there's two things I do. One of them is this habit tracker, right? So I track every day. All I have to do is hit the little button if, if it does it, right? So like meditate and pray on the top, did that today. I can hit meditate and pray. This little thing pops up. I just hit, sorry, it's hard to see this. Um, I hit this little green check, uh, read and listen, supplements, probiotics, exercise, time with my kids, afternoon meditation, drinking 32 ounces of water, not drinking alcohol, evening affirmations and getting at least 10,000 steps in, which that's going to change because I'm doing a different exercise challenge right now um, that I'm going to talk about later. But um, that that's one thing. The other thing is every day I wake up and I have a thing. It's already pulled up on my on my computer and I do like a life tracker every single day where I rate zero to 10 is how do I feel about my life, my work and my business, uh, my health and my marriage. So I am going zero to 10. So five and above five, I at least have hope, right? Things might not be going great, but I feel hopeful Four and below. I hate everything. I hate that we bought these ring lights. I hate that I'm drinking coffee again in the afternoon. I'm like, why is my like my wife is driving me insane and my hair used to be black. Like, it, like I hate the clothes that I have. I am like, why do we have kids? They're just they're they are such a pain in the ass. So you're doing that kind of thing, but I'm great. I'm rating that every day. And what I'm telling you is that when I see that I'm taking off the green things, when there's more green than red, then I my numbers go up. I feel better because I'm doing the things I need to do. I think that that's really good if you have a hard time noting those things. That whole process that you just went through gave me anxiety and like literally gave me anxiety that that would be another to-do list, a thing that I have to do on my to-do list. Like that drives me insane. Well, that works for CJ, does not work for me at all. I like, Steph, literally knowing like, what if you need to figure out those things that give you life and things that don't like the that thing is a great that habit share thing is a great tool for that 
But if you innately know what gives you energy and all these things, like what's good for you, the then do focus on those the most strip it down to when you're really, really busy. I think you have to strip it down to what are those basic things? Like I said, for me, it's family, it's God. And if I'm eating well, like, and getting sleep, those are the things that I know if I'm doing those for myself, I'm, I'm functioning at least yeah. on my best self to get all the things that, that I need to be done. And then someone else said in the comments, dysregulated educator mentioned to her also to Steph saying, um, the other thing is when we're really in these crazy seasons, and this was such a good point because I agree and I do this often and I tell you this often when you get overwhelmed yeah. is we are only focusing on what do we need to do today? What's That's our it. top priorities yeah. today and what do we need to get done? And then what are what's on that for tomorrow and what's on the next day? Like I we literally take you don't one even do day. Tomorrow and no, do it's one day that. at a time. But like if I'm thinking tonight about my next day tomorrow, like so we have a meeting usually at yeah. night, we're talking about the next day, but it's one day at a time. That's literally what it is. When you are in a season that's so busy, figure out what is in what is, is crucial is crucial to you to making you operate the best that you need to be to operate and then take everything else at one day at a time and one problem at a time that, that's it i i would say this for us for me it's those two things together yes it's it has me to be. it's me doing my process but then always going to you and saying like all right how are we going to work yeah we we work well together that yeah. way um cool what do you got oh i was listening to you and thinking about how I was disagreeing with what advice you were I was, giving. That I was I, giving you anxiety. <laughs> I'm really low on the screen today. I know. I was thinking that too. I think I'm sinking. All right. This office I'm is a disaster a area. Oh, here's the question, but I, I'm glad I caught it. Uh, asking a while back, you mentioned a book called Traction. On Audible, there's two by that name. One by Gino Wickman and the other by Gabriel Weinberg. And oh, I forget. just mares. Which one were you talking about? I forget. Uh, send us an email so we can figure that out, and then we'll answer you in an email. Yes, that would be your best yeah. bet. So, uh, or a DM somewhere. Email. It's just real rap with Reynolds. Yeah, I put it in the chat. All right. I'm you sorry. Don't I, I, I don't off. remember off the top of my head. No, I can't remember. Okay. I've been right. doing a lot of Audible though, man. If you want a great Christmas present for someone. Oh man, it's Audible. Audible is you get that when that new. It's expensive, and it's it's. It there's so expensive. many other avenues, and I've had a friend that tried to talk me out of Audible, and I was like, "Yeah, but my life is just really busy, and it's like Audible just that's it. like that's automates it, it, and it's ease. there. Yeah, I, don't I don't want to download it and go somewhere. I don't have time to figure all that out. Rip a CD, like I don't have time. We go to the, and even when you go, so, and that's a privilege. I will say that it is. that is it's a privilege. I took a while before I I remember wanting audible for so long i'd like, get rid oh. of netflix and have audible over that i would do and they cost the same amount a month okay our next question is coming from coretta asking how do you return to a classroom after you were attacked by a student i had a second grader turn on me um on friday because i told him he couldn't have his way he was removed but i know he will be back oh i'm sorry this that happened the, i'm really sorry that happened too i i i how would you like? What would you answer this? Because I feel like we would be. Well, we're I think we're going to have different answers because you're a male and I'm a female, yes. and then the student is clearly a male, and so there's a lot of dynamics in that. Um, I'm not really sure. Would that would automatically that child would get returned to your classroom? I can't I mean, see that. That why it wouldn't depends they, on what your school's like. Yeah. 
I think I I've would act happen. like nothing happened. I had a kid try and beat Seriously? me up one time and they brought him back five minutes later. I was yeah. like, what the hell Well, are especially we doing? that's crazy in that day. But uh, Coretta, I think I would act like nothing happened. I would. Children are learning and growing and there's so much happening. I think I would act like nothing happened and keep it real friendly. And then, I don't know. Is that good advice? I don't, I don't actually know. It's, so keep going because it, here's what you're doing. It's not what's good advice, what's bad advice. Some things work for some people. Some things work for don't work for some people. You know what I mean? So I like that's I why clean, I like that we both. I would do just this clean now. slate it and just act. It's not like you're pretending it didn't happen. You're just it's a fresh anew. Yeah. Like there's that's how kids work. Like they usually turn pretty quick. Most of them when there's not like some stuff going on in their lives and there's clearly if this child hit there could be a reason or attacked. That something else is bigger going on. I would hope that you have supports of the people in your school and your admin to support you as the teacher. Because um, I know we we usually focus on children, children, children. But like, yeah, what about the teacher when that's that's a thing? Like yeah. she was attacked in her classroom by a student. Like, how do you how do you handle that? That's that's a lot. I don't have a very clear answer. It's also scary because it's not like you can just leave. You know, like there's other mm. children in there with someone that is unhinged at the moment like they don't know what to do with their anger and what if they lash out at someone else you're yeah. also concerned for the other people in your care at second grade do you usually have two in a classroom you don't always do you I, yeah. I mean i don't i think it depends on the class but i i would say i would say the opposite um i wouldn't would. yeah i would not say to, to act like nothing happened okay why? um but that's that's a skill of yours like people can wrong us mm -hmm. and you're like you know what just going to wipe the slate clean. And I'm captain, you know, grudge over here. We're like, that's how I grew up in my family. Like my mom yes. was like professional grudge holder. Which is so funny. And I don't I've think had people work would on think that. that you're a grudge holder. No, like, I've had CJ's to work on that a lot, right? <laughs> it's like, but think about that, right? Think about that, that lesson right there, right? That you look at other people and you don't know what kind of hell they've been through, right? Mm -hmm. Like this happens all the time. You don't know uh, the battle that everyone else is fighting. And you know this in school, people think that you're happy, go lucky, or that you're just were born miserable and it's like no you don't know what i've been through and so i think that there's that because i'm not i just know that i'm not able to just jump into that thing i have to remind myself of a couple of things first one is that that was nothing personal that and i know that that's not that's not helpful all the time but it's important for me to at least just say it out loud and acknowledge it right it doesn't make me always feel better still makes me pissed off that i have to deal with it but that like that child has been through something in their life outside of this or they're somewhere in their mind. They are there's something um, there's something not sort of lining up that's allowing them to see like, hey, I did this. I got redirected and now I can just go on with life. Something else is going on there. And for me, that breaks my heart because I know that like life is not going to be so forgiving as I am. Um, that you do that to someone else, especially where I taught in West Philadelphia, like you're going to get your lights punched out or you're going to get stabbed or you're going to get shot, right? Because you went off the hinge because someone tried to say some stuff to you and then you got all out of whack about it and then picked a fight with the wrong guy and then you got your ass beat. And so that makes me scared for kids. And so I that that gives me reason to show up to care because it's out of a because I don't want you to I don't want you to die. Right. Like and so this is my situation. I've realized that not everyone teaches in such a dire neighborhood. And, and but but that I don't want kids to have 
you know, in any kind of regular, you know, setting, I don't want kids to have like poor, like relationships with people that they love or with their siblings or with their dogs even. Right. So I said dogs because I feel like they, they get like, you know, people can be real nice to people, but then they take it all out on their animal. Um, I would have some very, and I would, this is something I would work with your school on. I would have very clear indicators about how we are going to, what next, when I see, when I, when this happens in class, how am I going to approach this child? How am I going to say it? How am I going to phrase it? How am I going to remind them? Are there nonverbal cues or verbal cues? Am I going to, how am I approaching that child? Like, what's the best way? Am I, squatting down and and talking to them am i stepping from across the room to make sure that they don't know freak out like how am i addressing these situations and then at what point am i calling in backup right because there have been students i've had in the past where like i would say two or three times for them to do something and then i knew that if i did it again i could feel it i could feel it in the room that man you are on the precipice of exploding and so i would text someone else this is why I had such an issue last year. I had this, the worst assistant principal that I've ever had in my life who her answer when I got to that point with certain students, because something had happened in my room last year. I had a student that, um, that was performed a violent act against another student in class. And so I said, Hey, listen, I don't, I need your number. You have a school cell phone so I can just text you if, if I feel like it's getting there. Her answer to me was, just call me on the classroom phone. I said, I don't want to do that because I don't want the kid to know. And then that's going to exacerbate the situation. I need to be able to text you low key. And she's like, well, if it's already there, then just call me anyway. Who cares if they're going to get upset? So I said, so I called one day and she said, oh, I, she wasn't there. I was told to call the office. Then, then the office would get on the walkie talkie and call her. Then she would call someone else and then they would get them to my classroom. That's how I was taught to deal with all outbreaks in my classroom, even fights. So if in the middle of a fist fight, uh, quick, go dial the number to the office. The office is going to walkie talkie the assistant principal. The assistant principal is going to walkie talkie someone else. And then someone else is going to come to my, bro, have you ever seen a fight? Like this? No one it's ever showed right. up. No one ever showed up when I did that too. So it's having that plan in place and having something that that student understands. So if this happens, we're going to ask you to take a walk, to get a drink, to, to take a breath. Um, we're going to if that doesn't work, then you're going to get another you know, nonverbal cue or then maybe you'll get a verbal cue. Then you're going to go to this office or to this teacher, or to this space where you can decompress, where you can breathe it out, where you're going to get some like where, how are we? It's not just here's the last thing I'll say, and because this is a big conversation and I see your hand up. Uh, I will answer it in one second. Mm-hmm. Um it is not just us learning how to deal with the situation. It is empowering and equipping the child to be able to deal with their own stuff. And so even in second grade, how are you breathing through this? How are you letting someone know that you're having a hard day on the front end? How are you letting someone know that you need to go to the office? You need to step out for a moment. Like, what are we teaching that child to be able to do is incredibly important. I think that's a missed opportunity and, 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 and something that many schools don't do. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think some of what you were saying was like on a high school level, you can do with older kids. But with a second grader, you might have to have a a more a very you can still do the same thing, but a more child friendly approach to be able to do it to fit their needs. Um, But I think that that's good advice. 
John Fox in the comments said, I think it depends on the nature of the attack. If it was random attention seeking behavior, potentially with a second creator, Facts. right? And you happen to be the target, then ignore it. But if it was personal and a little bit more deeper, or you think that there's something else going on, then address it. Yeah. So, yeah, right. I think that kind of sums that up well. That's a, um, one of those tricky questions where it's like, if you yeah. could hear the scenario and what took place, like. That's why we should be doing these video calls. But that's we'll, we'll, not everybody wants to go on video. I know. When I know. We come back. But people can come on <laughs> and not use video. Oh, yeah. You I feel like you could just do just audio. Use your audio. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's, that's a just great offer. Just cover your camera. Or don't hit the allow video thing. Yeah. Go ahead. All Got right. one more? Yes. Uh, Miss L, been offered a job and a job and need a job, but the teaching timetable is crazy. I think I would be uh, burnt out after three weeks. What to do? Hold out for something better? I'm not in the U.S. Um. I'll tell you this, Miss L. I didn't used to think this way, and I think this way now. I used to think that if I had it, when I got my first job in Camden, New Jersey, um, it was Title I school, incredible turnover, like wild turnover. I thought I'm staying here for the rest of my life and made no money. Not like, like I work at like a... Stop, you can't even say that. No right? money in... On made, East Coast is still more than what I made less money than I made working at Home Depot. Okay, that's a better analogy. <laughs> right. That's and so true. to yeah. me, right? And I was I was just like stocking shelves. I wasn't like an assistant manager or a department head or anything like that, right? Like those folks making more money, you have more responsibility, go go get it. Get your money. Um, but for me, I was stocking shelves. I made more money stocking shelves at Home Depot than I did as a full-time educator with six classes a day and an, a mandatory after-school program that I had to do. Um, so that just doesn't equate to me. Um, but I thought I'd be there forever. When I The first time I switched schools, the only time I switched schools, I thought, man, this is so much better. I would love to be here. What I've learned over time is that if you need a job, right, do not miss a miss a house payment, a rent payment, putting food on the table, making sure that you have money for the holidays and stuff like that up because of a school. If a school's not good enough to be at, I'd go there for whatever time I need and then I would leave. And I never used to think that way. But teaching's not like teaching is is so holistic it's not just you being a good fit for a school um now i wouldn't necessarily use a school but i would give it a shot and if it feels like it's not something i would be with it's like i'm not gonna go on my first date that i ever went on in my life and be like i am making this work no sometimes it's a good fit sometimes it's not right and so i wouldn't want to have to marry someone that i was like damn it you know what in fifth grade do i want that date to the movies to see team wolf 2 it's a true story um i uh thought this would last forever no that that Jen went on a long time ago. I married a different Jen, you know, <laughs> 15 years later or something like that. So it is it is going and doing the thing that you need to be able to continue to live. And remember that in that time, you're still bringing value. You're still doing work. It's it's better than a, than some half ass long term sub that they might hire. So show up, do the work that you can. And if another job finds itself to you, like comes along and you feel like that's a better fit, then do it. You're under no obligation to stay anywhere to do anything. And I say that knowing full well that schools are constant. Like I can't stand 
when people are wishy-washy, when they come in, they're going out of my school. It just, it, it is, our students need consistency, but that is beyond just the teacher doing it. It's the teacher going back to what I said earlier uh, in full detail. It is teachers feeling cared for, loved, supported so that they can do the work that they are, have been given to do. Now, sometimes that's hard, right? Like teaching is just hard. It is There's no way around it. There's no day that you're ever going to have that is problem-free. Never, ever, ever. Um, but that's the work we've signed up for. But if you can show up, and even if it's in your mind, like this is a temporary stop and I'm going to do all the care that I can do here before I, I find something, I, I just feel like that I'd rather you do that than like miss a rent payment, Right. What are we doing? Getting evicted because we couldn't find a teaching job? Like, go get go get a job. And so get get healthcare and all those sorts of things. Um, folks might argue against that, but I think it's a case by case basis and it's a person by person basement basis. But that's kind of where my head goes for that. Um, we're good. Well, I we're mean, over an hour. We're we are over we're going to call it because we're over an hour. OK, I just want to say um, a shout out real fast. He's not here because um, you don't pay attention to the comments because you can't. Uh, that Chris Carson isn't here. But this. happy birthday, Chris. It's Chris Carson's birthday. birthday. Chris Carson is um, a teacher in Alabama. He is incredible human being and he he cares for a lot of people on here. He's here every week. We don't pay him. There's no like monetary value for he's just a, he is just an incredible member of this community that we um, that we're all a part of here on YouTube, and so Chris Carson's birthday is today. I think he's like ninety four years old or something like that. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but <laughs> I am incredibly thankful for him. And uh, if you if you listen to this, Chris, and if you get this far down, um, happy birthday to you! I hope that is an incredible birthday because you're an incredible dude. So um, that's it, gang. We will be back next week, and la- next week's the last one for the year. I think we're calling it because the following week is Christmas, and I don't think anyone wants to come on and do Christmas with us. Uh, Maybe somebody does. Chris Carson will show up. Uh, But then we won't be, after next week, we'll be off until 2023, um, which will be season seven of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Holy smokes, I can't even That's it. it. Gang, appreciate you so much. I hope you have a really wonderful week. Um, And that's it, dudes. Peace.